Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about silencing serpents. What does it mean to break through spiritual barriers in our life and as a church and as believers in Christ uh, as we go through the book of Acts? Acts chapter 13, verse 4. Have you ever wondered if you're dealing with a person or the devil? How many people? No, not really. Don't look at anybody neighbors. But have you ever wondered that? Like, I don't know if I'm dealing with a person right here right now. Uh, you know, one of the things I like about the Alexandria, Louisiana Zoo is that when we go there, one of my favorite things to see there with my kids is the Louisiana snake section. Have you gone there for that? And I like it because I can educate my kids on this is what we have in our yard, you know, and this is what you don't touch. All right, these are the things that if you see it, you just yell snake because this is one of those. And they, they have the rattlers and they have the cottonmouth and the water moccasin, uh, all of that there. And so it's kind of cool to see that. But uh, whatever you do, whenever you see a snake, what do you have to do? You've got to recognize it, determine out what it is, and then probably, and I'm going to say rebuke it. And I'm not meaning rebuke like you're talking to it, but you're going to just yell, snake, right? That's what you do, FYI. If you see it, have you ever been in your yard and you're like doing yard work around your bushes, and there you see a tail of something go, right? And, and you have to determine, is this one of those Louisiana lizards, or is this a snake? But when in doubt, just shout it, right? Because that's, that's kind of what you're going to do. And some of you all have shotguns and shovels and everything else. But we're just going to say for the sake of this and Discovery Channel people who are watching, uh, just yell, okay? It's a snake, all right? And we back up. We recognize it, and then you rebuke it. Uh, the most common snakes here we have, you know, we've got the rattler. Now, here, here's what I love about the rattlesnake, even though uh, it's our most deadly snake, by the way, in Louisiana, uh, the diamondback. Uh, it at least lets you know it's there. Isn't that nice of this snake? It at least lets you know, I don't want to bite you, but, but if you come close, okay, it's, it's kind of direct. But then we've got the copperheads, who you never can see, and those are actually the most snake bites in Louisiana. It's from the copperhead, because we don't notice them, and they just strike without warning. You ever had people like that in your life before? Come on. There's people in your life that are going to be direct. They're going to, you're going to know this is a problem. i got a problem here, and they're rattling. Okay, That's, At least we know it's head on. But sometimes there's the people that they're all nice to your face. And then behind the scenes, though, they're biting you, right? Has any of those times ever happened in your life because of your relationship with Jesus? Maybe there are things, you ever been in a coworker relationship and because you're always like you have Jesus on, you're Christian, you're happy, you're, you're trying to be positive, but there's just someone who's just always antagonistic or always working behind the scenes to manipulate you. Nobody has ever had that happen before, you know, right? Uh, or in your family, you're doing your best to live your life and there are people that are in your families or extended families always undercutting or seem to be manipulating and, and stirring up drama and strife. Again, no one has a clue what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, see all your faces. Okay. All right. Uh, so in my life, I've had some, uh, you know, been in ministry of 15 years plus, you know, full time. And there's been times I've had some opposition directly. And so I remember we went to Haiti one time and, and there was a man, no joke. We took a missions trip to Haiti and he chased our bus down with a machete. Now we were faster, but he came out of his house and was just chasing us to get us out of his country. I remember one time on a prayer walk in Missouri, we were going house to house and I walked up to this guy's house. We were just knocking on doors and praying with people, encouraging them. Our church was down the road, and, and we put the flyer on the door and said, hey, we prayed for this house. We love you. We've done that here at Sanctuary. And I tell you now, I, I got off the porch, down the sidewalk, and that man bust open that door, looked at that paper, threw it down, and called me every name in the world that I'd never heard of before, and got, uh, chased us off his property. And I'm like, 
I think you might have something here. You know, like there might be something going on more than just this guy. Because why would you be that hateful or upset that someone prayed over your house? There's opposition sometimes to being a Christian. Direct opposition. I remember one time I had a young adult couple attend my ministry. We had planted a young adult ministry in Missouri. And this couple, though, they'd come in and they appeared to be Christian. They appeared that he had like a Bible degree and all these things. And I noticed that during our small group time, every time I would get serious and invite the Holy Spirit in and we would pray, they would begin to talk and chatter and then say things. And they would never be reverent in the moments that it was common to be reverent. Then I heard that they were having other group meetings with my newest members at their house. These weren't leadership people. And then a few times we had church events. They had a separate event at their house. And as I began to pray, I felt this is something that is not from the Lord. This is something God, that the devil has sent into this group to divide it. And I tell you, as I began to pray, and I began to pray and speak against that thing, whatever it was, the day that I said, hey, I've had enough, I went to go have coffee with him, and I never saw him again. They left. Just dropped off the face of our, our community. There's been times I've uh, had people even in this church, they've come in with a, a rebellious spirit. They'll come in, Miss Evelyn knows, they'll seek attention. And if they don't quickly get attention, they'll go off. They'll speak against our church on social media and in the community because there's this rebellious spirit seeking to take ownership of some people in our church. Uh, you got to know what kind of snake you're dealing with. And there are times in your life that as a Christian, you're going to be opposed, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. There are even lies the enemy will whisper to you in your own. It may not even be a person. There will be lies from the enemy just to tempt you to doubt God's Word and to go against things that He said or to doubt His character, His timing. And you've got to understand how to deal with snakes. There may be people who appear to be spiritual in your life, even knowledgeable of the Word, but God uh, has trying to teach you something that maybe the enemy is using them against you. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to discern every demonic stronghold, uh, to break every spiritual barrier, and then at times to speak through you to silence serpents. That's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. See, Jesus promised there would be false prophets. They would come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly be ravenous wolves. Paul warned against evil men and impostors who could proceed from bad to worse and would persecute the church. He even told his church in Acts 20, there'll be false teachers going to kind of infiltrate this Ephesian church, and they're going to do everything they can to distort the truth and find a following. Even John, uh, even Peter and John later on in, the, in their epistles would say that there'd be false teachers and heresies, things that would come in to exploit the church and damage the truth. Basically, there's going to be a lot of snakes. How do you navigate these times that we live in today? How many of there's false teaching and preaching all over the place in social media? There are people that are going to be against you in your workplaces and environment. Even more now, there's going to be more hostility in America to be a Christian. How are you going to silence snakes? Okay, look at the Acts chapter 13, verse 4. We're going to read down to verse 12. Silencing serpents. Here's what I want you to get today. Let the Spirit speak. Let the Spirit speak. The Spirit will silence serpents. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, Barnabas and Saul, went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the Word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had to own the John as their helper, and they'd gone through the whole island as far as Paphos. Okay, so that's the end of the island. They found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus. 
So he was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. And this man summoned Barnabas and Paul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, or sorcerer, the magician, for who his name is translated as, was opposing them. He was seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, filled. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He fixed his gaze on him and he said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? Anybody ever told you that before? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you'll be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. And the proconsul, though, he believed when he saw what happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Let the Spirit silence serpents. Let's talk about, let's kind of go and back up here again. In the beginning, there was a snake. The first snake we see in the Bible is the snake in the grass in the garden, right? Know the story? There was Eve in Eden. Genesis 3, 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than everything that God had made of all the beasts of the field. And Revelation 12 tells us that that old serpent was the devil. That was Lucifer. That was the fallen age. That was really not a snake. That was, he was looking like a snake. He appeared in the form of a snake, of a serpent. And that serpent was subtle. And Adam and Eve failed to clearly recognize the danger of this snake. Oh, that's just a king snake. It's a grass snake, right? No, there's a danger to this snake. They failed to discern the danger. They didn't recognize who was really doing the speaking here. I don't know if they were talking to other animals normally in the Garden of Eden, but they didn't recognize who was really talking through this snake. They didn't understand the spirit of the snake that they were talking to. And this snake began to question the Word of God and reinterpret the truth and it tempted them. And now James says, if they had submitted to God and resisted the devil, you've heard this verse before, what would he have done? He would have fled from them. That word resisted means to stand opposed. That's literally what it means in the Greek, to stand opposed. Not today, devil. You've seen that meme? Like, not today, Satan. It is stand opposed. It says, submit to God, stand opposed to the devil, and he will, what? Flee from you. What happened, though, is they did all the talking with the snake. What they should have done is called on God and let God do the talking. You see, anytime man gets involved with the devil, it never ends good for us, right? We start talking to snakes, we're going to call somebody on you, right? We're not a snake handling church. Let's just put that out there before we go further in this message, right? This is not that kind of church. But we don't talk to snakes. We don't handle snakes. I'm going to keep that th theology going here. Don't talk to snakes. That's not my job. Adam should have called on the Lord, and God would have done the talking for him. And if he had just submitted to God and resisted the devil, everything would have worked out. But instead, it didn't go so well. They fell to temptation. They sinned against God's Word. They didn't let God do the talking. They didn't let the Holy Spirit silence the snake. But God had mercy on man. There's always judgment and mercy. And he's, here's what God says. Genesis 3, 15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between you and your seed and her seed. Snake, he says, you, he will bruise you or crush you on the head, and you will bruise him on the heel. He says there's going to be descendants, sons of the devil and sons of God. 
There's going to be opposition between the people of God and the people of this world for the, till the very end. He says, there are going to be kingdoms op- opposed to my people. They're always going to be at war, but there will be one day there will be a new son, a new Adam. He's going to come, devil, and he's going to crush you on the head. There's going to be a son of God come, a new Adam come, and that happened on a mountain. Look with me in Luke 4. He sees the, John said the Son of God would appear now to destroy the works of the devil. They didn't let God do the talking, so now we find a snake on a mountain. Jesus in Judea. We find the new Adam. The old Adam, he talked to snakes, and he didn't let the Holy Spirit do it. But the new Adam, Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 4, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He was what? full of the Holy Spirit. How did he do his talking? Jesus, he was born by the Holy Spirit through Mary. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to deal with this old snake, Lucifer. And here's what he did. For 40 days and 40 nights, he was tempted by the devil. And every time Satan spoke testing and tempting God's Word, what did Jesus do? He spoke the Word of God. He spoke by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, as much as He was God, He relied on the Holy Spirit to speak through Him. He even said, everywhere I go, I only do and say what my Father is doing. Jesus was born of the Spirit, baptized of the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Everything Jesus did was by the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus began speaking on that mountain in the Judean wilderness, He began speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do that until he was immersed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he resisted the devil. He stood opposed to the devil. And what happened? And that next verse says, And the devil left him for a time. The devil always comes back. You know that? Not until the very end is we get done with this guy. But he comes back. So how did he keep coming back? Satan can come rattling, or he can come hiding. He can come slithering silently in. John the Baptist, remember that moment? After about the same time, John the Baptist is baptizing and all these religious elite come. Remember what he said to them in, in Matthew 3? He saw the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for a baptism. He said to them, get this, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? How many aren't glad I don't preach like that all the time, right? Or somebody didn't mentor you. You are a snake. You're a son of a snake. Who told you to come here? Because he knew what spirit he was speaking to. He wasn't speaking to those men. He was speaking to the spirit that was influencing them. Why? Because they're corrupt and crooked. They were prideful. They were looking for a following. They were leading people away from the truth. These are specific men who were opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus. Look at this. In John 8, 44, Jews were opposing him. There were the religious elite opposing him, hindering people from believing the gospel. And here's what he said. You, you people... You are, your father is the devil, and you do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. He doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. He's a liar and the father of lies, and because I'm speaking the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus was, he didn't, he didn't play, right? We want the soft, quiet messages sometimes. Oh, but man, when it came to things that were opposed to the kingdom of God, God silenced serpents every time. Think about this. Every single time Jesus came into a town and the kingdom of God was advancing against the kingdom of darkness and a demon manifested, what did he do? He silenced it. You know that? Look with me in Luke 41, Luke 4:41. Jesus recognized what he was dealing with and then he rebuked it. He recognized it 
and he rebuked it. Luke 4.41 says, Demons were coming out of many shouting, You are the Son of God. That's a true statement. But he rebuked them. He would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. Why did he rebuke them if they were saying the truth? Because snakes never tell the truth. Snakes were always going to damage, just like that serpent, the devil. They were always going to malign the truth, lead people astray. Because if he's got demons testifying about who he is, then maybe he's demonic. Maybe he's going to have this weird following over here. But he says, hush, come out of him. I rebuke you. Because anything they say can distort and twist. Don't talk to snakes. We don't talk to snakes. We don't talk to demons. We don't talk to the dead. We don't do Ouija boards. We don't do horoscopes. We don't do all that stuff. We're not trying to get into all that. We don't talk to snakes. We let the Holy Spirit talk to snakes. We let the devil deal with God. And we are man. Like Adam, I'm not talking to you. Devil, the Lord rebuke you. And here's what happens. There were subtle attacks. Sometimes there's the rattling. Sometimes there's the slithering. So here's a subtle one. Remember that moment? Jesus is about to tell everybody, hey, I'm going to down on the cross to Jerusalem. He's got his best friend right there beside him, old Peter. Matthew 16, 22, Peter, what did he do? He took Jesus aside. It says, he began to rebuke Jesus. All right? Lord forbid it. This shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, what? Get behind me, Satan. Wouldn't that just be something? Jesus tells you, Satan, get behind me, adversary. You are a stumbling block to me. Your eyes are, your mind is not set on God's interest, but on man's interest. Jesus was speaking to the spirit that was influencing Peter. Do you know why Peter could be influenced like this at this time? This is before Peter was ever filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, the devil likes to use people. I'm not saying he's possessing people in your relationship circles or your work circles, but he can speak through people. He can influence them to speak things that are going to hinder you from believing in God, getting closer to God. You may have people that are telling you not to go to church. You may, uh, there may be some of you in have a spouse that are telling you don't go to church, kind of prevent you from going to church. You may have teenagers in rebellion that are going to just push and test every button and take your worship from you. You ever had a person try to take your worship from you? Man, the, God, uh, the devil is just using people in your life, and it may not even be them, but there's a spirit behind that that is hindering you from going all into God. And that's what he's speaking here. He says, get behind me, adversary. I dealt with you in the wilderness. I stand opposed to you right now. And here's why I know it wasn't a mean thing to say that, because it sounds kind of mean, right? Jesus was rebuking the snake, not Peter. Here's why I know this, because Peter was the closest to Jesus Peter had all this potential that the devil knew about. And if he could get Peter, like he'd already got Judas, man, we got this thing in the bag. But he knew what Peter was going to do on Pentecost. And Peter was under the influence of this other spirit. But Peter on Pentecost came under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And here's what Jesus prayed for him in Luke 22. Remember he said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. See, he spoke judgment to the snake, but he spoke mercy to Peter. Judgment to the snake. He rebuked the snake, but he prayed mercy for Peter. He wasn't dealing with the person. He was dealing with the spirit. And sometimes in your own personal prayer time, you may have to rebuke some things. There may be times you have to rebuke things face to face, but in many seasons, there's times we have to rebuke that thing that is causing disruption in your mind. Let me go into Paul now. There's a snake in the city. 
Paul was in Paphos. And here we have Paul, this prophetic man of God. The Holy Spirit has baptized the church on the day of Pentecost, and the spirit of prophecy has come on them. They are speaking. When I say prophecy, I mean they are speaking the words of God. The Holy Spirit gave, was given to the church so they could be witnesses, to speak and be mouthpieces for God, to come under the influence of God and speak what He says. Sometimes they spoke in tongues. Sometimes they spoke in prophecy. Sometimes it was inspired messages. Sometimes it was healing the sick. It was raising the dead. Whatever it was, God was doing the speaking. Are you with me this morning? It wasn't them doing the speaking. It was God under the influence of God doing the speaking. God does the best speaking, not us, Right? And so they were this, here we find in 45 A.D., Bible says that Paul and Barnabas were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were immersed in the Spirit. They were prophetic in their, in their ministry. Now they go to this island in Crete, all right, or Cyprus, and they go through this Mediterranean island. They're, they're you know, bebopping through. They get to the last city. There's this guy, and there's this governor. There's a governor there, and his name is Sergius Paulus. Some people think that's where Paul took his name from because this was his first Gentile convert, became known as Paul from this day on. Sergius Paulus, maybe he gave him his name Paul. We don't know. He gets to this guy, and they come to this guy, and there is Bar-Jesus. He's the son of Joshua. He's an imitator, a Jewish guy, but he's left his Jewish faith to be a pagan false prophet con artist. He's a sorcerer, a conjurer, a trickster, a, a pagan, Jews disaffiliated, and he's even known in that area for his mischief, even in the magic arts. And he calls himself son of Joshua, son of Yeshua, because Jesus or Joshua is the same name, son of the Savior. But he plays like he's son of the Savior, but Paul recognizes. You know, sometimes you have people in your life that play Christian. You need the Holy Spirit to determine whether or not what you're dealing with or not. And see, so opposed them. I want you to think, I think this is why, if the Disney fans, parents, I've got kids. Think of Jafar off of Aladdin. Are you with me? Come on, parents. You know, you got the sultan there, and then he's got that staff, and, you know, the red eyes, and takes him over. That's what he's doing. He's trying to lead this guy astray from the gospel. It says he stood opposed to them. Remember what I said, resist the devil means, standing opposed? So here's this demonic guy. I'm trying to witness to this person. This guy comes in and says, you know, yeah, it's kind of like this over here, though. It's not really like that. He's standing opposed. This is one of those biblical showdowns. I picture that moment, like, you know, you know, you got the, the Western draw, right? And it's a biblical showdown. Here's a false prophet of the devil and a good prophet of God. And they are about to go head to head, turn 10 paces in fire, okay? And it's the same kind of words we see in another time. In, in Moses' day, in Exodus chapter 7, do you remember this? Moses, I don't know how I'm going to do this, God. He says, take that staff in your hand. Your brother Aaron, go to Pharaoh, and he wants something to be seen. What are you going to do? You're going to throw that staff down. It's going to turn into what? A snake. The Bible says that Aaron does that. He throws his staff down. It becomes a snake. What happens, though? The other false prophets, the magicians and sorcerers of Egypt, there were two of them by name that we know from Paul's writings. They did the same thing. But then what does it say? But then Aaron's staff swallowed them whole, right? Wouldn't that be something? You know, the devil's real. There's powers beyond just what we can do. There's angels. There's demons. There's influences in this world. And you're going to have opposition as a follower of Christ. Paul said there's going to be difficult time come. 
People are going to love themselves, be boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, people without self-control, brooders, brutal, haters of good. He goes on and on. He says at the end of that in 2 Timothy 3, he says, what are you supposed to do with them? Avoid such men as these. Don't talk to snakes. There are times in life you're going to find that you to recognize a person or a thing for what it is. It says, Paul fixed his gaze, which means he recognized by the Holy Spirit. He says, this is not just a man I'm talking to right now. This is a snake. And he says, you son of the devil. Now, I'm not saying go to work on Monday and talk to your boss like that, okay? But he saw by the Holy Spirit what he was dealing with. You need spiritual discernment when you have the Holy Spirit. When you're trying to advance Jesus into your workplace, into your family, you may be up against more than just people. Are you with me? There may be things more than just people and circumstances going on. He recognized, he fixed his gaze, which means to look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just dealing with a man here. John says, test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. Test it. Is this something from God? Is this something from man? Or is this something from the devil? He says there was deceit and fraud. He saw, man, Jesus said there would be counterfeits. There's wheat and tares. There are things that look like wheat. He says he's the son of the Savior. He's not a son of the Savior. Holy Spirit just gave me that. He says there's toxic people. I love what Henry Cloud said in his book, uh, Safe uh, Places or Safe People. He says uh, there are those who pe people you've got to get rid of in your life, people who appear religious but are not spiritual, who have false humility. Sometimes you're going to encounter people who flatter to get what they want. They expect you to trust them right away, and if you don't, they'll get defensive. People like that. People who don't like the word no when you tell them no. People who manipulate and lie around you. People who rarely apologize but will blame somebody else. People who are never open to feedback, and there'll be people in your life who'll never grow. Avoid people such as these. Sometimes you just need to stop talking to people who've stopped listening. How about that? Stop talking to people who've stopped listening and avoid such people as that. There are narcissistic people in this world. There are people who are being used and influenced by the enemy to hinder you or hinder people in your workplace or your family. Sometimes you just need to stop talking and start praying. Don't talk to snakes. Even think about it this way. Here's what Proverbs says. Don't waste your breath on fools. They'll despise the wisest advice. Don't talk to a fool. Thessalonians says, stay away from so-called people who act like they're a believer, but don't do what the Bible says. Paul even says, don't even invite, or John says, don't even invite people who pretend to be Christians but are not into your homes. Titus, Paul said, give people who are divisive two warnings, and then have the third, don't do anything with them. Just leave them alone. Don't have anything to do with them. Stop talking to people who've stopped listening. And Paul, here's what he does. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not speaking on his own authority. He's not speaking from his flesh, because man, we're not supposed to be talking to snakes. But by the Spirit, he rebukes him. And that word means a warning. He gives a warning. Some people look at this and say, oh, he was judgy, man. That's kind of judgy. Jesus called that, John called him a brood of vipers. Jesus said, you are a son of the devil. Paul says, you are a son of the devil too. Man, isn't that kind of judgy? What kind of Christianity are you talking about? He's rebuking the snake. He's rebuking that spirit and it's a warning. Let me give you an example. In Jude 8, Jude writes, he says, it's like this. There was a moment back in the day when Michael the archangel and Satan were arguing over the body of Moses after he died. It's kind of a weird thing in the Bible. They were arguing what, who was going to take it. And he says that Michael 
didn't even give the devil who deserved it a scathing rebuke of judgment, but he said by the Spirit, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Michael didn't have the authority to rebuke the devil, and it wasn't his job to do that. He says he's not even, the Michael, the archangel, didn't even bring judgment on the devil or the demons, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. And that's exactly what Paul said. He wasn't judging or condemning this man, but he was giving a warning. Snake, stop it and repent. And that's what happened. Paul spoke by the Holy Spirit the same thing in mercy that God did to him. What happened to Paul on the road to Damascus? Blinded. Why? So he could repent. What did he speak over Bar-Jesus? Blindness. Just perhaps this man would repent. And he spoke a warning. Get rid of this thing in your life. I'm standing opposed to you. What you're saying is not going to come unto me or my family or my ministry. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. And maybe you would repent. When you preach repentance, it's not preaching condemnation. Come on, this is the gospel. When you preach repentance, that's not preaching condemnation. That's preaching salvation. When you preach repentance, it's not preaching judgment. It's preaching salvation. That maybe by chance, if I just tell you the bold truth to your face, you'll change your ways and save your soul. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not listening to this conversation anymore. You're going to have people in your life that are going to come to you. They're going to pose you in your job, workplaces, face to face. They're going to be people that come to you and behind the scenes going to try to stab you in the back. And they're going to be people who come to you and say, hey, let's talk gossip about so-and-so. Did you hear the latest scandal, the latest slander? And you can just say, the Lord rebuked that kind of talk. I'm not entertaining that in Jesus' name. You need to go get that right. You go talk to them yourself. The Lord rebuked that. I'm not, I'm not, Peter didn't listen to it from, or Jesus didn't listen to it from Peter. I'm not listening to it from you. Come on. I'm not dealing with snakes. I just say, snake, and I say, I don't talk to snakes. I'm not dealing with that. I'm going to focus on the kingdom of God and advancing the mission. God always gives mercy in judgment. I'll close with this. How do you know, how do you deal with this in the right way? I'm going to give you three things on how to deal with it and three things that we pray for. How do you know to do it in the right way? You say, well, Pastor Heath, you tell me to go home and just rebuke all these people? No. I'm telling you to let the Spirit speak. Man, my man self needs to be silent. I need to say, I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit right now, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to this situation. I'm going to go home in my prayer closet, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to this situation. I'm going to bind every stronghold and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit deal with this. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not talking to that person, and then she doesn't cause all kinds of drama. She's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm not getting into that. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit take care of it. And then that's what you do. And how do you do that in the right way? Number one, remember this. I think we got a slide for it. Number one, remember Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn it. It's your, not your job to condemn the world. He loved and died for every person, so he told his disciples, you don't know what kind of spirit you're speaking of when you're trying to call fire down from heaven. That's not your job. Know what spirit you're speaking of. This is not our job. Man doesn't speak to snakes. That's God's job, right? Jesus loves people, but God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not my job. Number two, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood. I'm fighting, fighting a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual thing. He didn't speak to Peter. He was speaking to the snake. I'm not here to speak to people and condemn them. I'm fighting a spiritual battle. Remember, you're in a spiritual fight. Number three, only God's word can change their heart. It's not your job to fix people. Oh, that's so good. It's not your job to fix people. I love what Isaiah said. 
says, the same sun that melts the wax also hardens the clay. Jesus, is he going to bring, if you preach Jesus, it's going to make either people hard like Pharaoh, or it's going to soften their heart like Paul. You just preach the word. It's not your job to see what happens. You just preach Jesus. How do you get through that? That's the right spirit. And lastly is this. I don't know if you're going to face woke atheists, people attacking you to your face. You're going to face people in church with religious spirits. You may face both in the same week. You may be betrayed by those closest to you. You may experience gossip and slander. You may even be invited to slander and gossip somebody else. All of those, you need to recognize schemes of the enemy. What kind of snake you're dealing with? Recognize, recognize it. Have spiritual discernment. And then let the Spirit speak. You see, Jesus, these disciples, Paul, and all of them, they were immersed in the Holy Spirit. They got immersed, baptized under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Then they went out sent by the Holy Spirit, and then they began to speak by the Holy Spirit. You're not going to bring down strongholds in your life unless you bring your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Anytime you start handling things on your own, trying to talk to those narcissistic people on your own, dealing with troubled people on your own, you're going to get yourself further into trouble. You're going to get things muddled up. But if you just step back and say, I don't talk to those things. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say to this person. In your love, in the right spirit, knowing you want to save this person, knowing you want to bring deliverance to this person, knowing that you want to do something good and get your son glory out of the situation. So God, I'm going to stop talking with difficult, toxic people. And I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, you start speaking. Can you stand with me this morning? Holy Spirit, speak. I want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning you've got spiritual strongholds in your family. Maybe what you've been dealing with is not something that's just about relationships. Maybe the enemy has come in trying to divide that situation. Maybe it's in your workplace. You've got a really toxic person in your workplace. The devil is just sent there just to malign you, just to just get under your skin. How are you going to deal with that? Let's let the Spirit speak. Here's our prayer this morning as we close is, I want to bring my life under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I want my man part of myself to stop talking, and I want the Holy Spirit to start talking. Can you pray with me this morning? Maybe you're here today, and that's just what you're going through. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're just going to take a moment to respond. Lord Jesus, we just come to you, Lord God, knowing you have silenced the enemy for us, that Jesus, you have broken the strongholds of the evil one. You, you, Lord, silence the accuser of the brethren. And Lord, we just come to you today, right now over all this room. If you're dealing with that today, can you just say, God, I'm done talking, and I'm just, Lord, going to let you do the speaking. Whatever your situation is this morning, you just feel like you maybe you